We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, someone who uh, has been doing better, you know, but but um, I, I would like to say that I'm going to I'm going to be kind and gracious. Uh, I can't make those promises. <laughs> uh, he's he's the managing editor of Clutch Points app, and uh, he is here in his capacity as co-host of the Cash Considerations podcast, part of, of course, the Blue Wire podcast network um, covering the Bulls. Jason, Pat, what's going on, my man? Uh, as you said, could be doing better given the Bulls' state of things and after the just another heartbreaking defeat last night, this time at the hands of your New York Knicks at the United Center. Uh, really, it was a tough one. We'll obviously talk all about it right now. Um, dude, I was, I forget if I was, I think I was recording a pod. Yeah, I was recording a pod because what was the, the, the Hawks game was what night? It was Sunday night. So then I, you know what it was? I was recording the post game pod after we beat the Kings. And I was like, let me see what's on um, that I could have on in the background. And I was like, holy crap, this Bulls Hawks game is really exciting. And then saw how that ended. And then I'm like, man, I, I, I said at the time, I'm like, I was kind of rooting for the Bulls because I didn't like our odds having a team that was coming off that loss going obviously home and then facing, you know, a Knicks team that is still like, has a lot of uncertainty about it. And now I get to sit here and I, we got one win. I don't get, I don't, I don't expect to get two wins, but we got one. Yeah. The, the Hawks game, uh brutal finish. And that was after the bulls had won two straight. So I was like, bulls have a chance to win three straight, maybe get back up in the Eastern conference standings a little bit. And then to lose these last two like this at the buzzer, AJ Griffin on that shot after tomorrow, it's three free throws. And then last night, uh, I know they were playing from behind all last night. The Knicks came out and kind of whooped them to start. Bulls got back in it, but the Knicks were in control of most of that game. And they seemed like they were in control at the end there too. And then the Bulls made the little comeback with Julius Randle doing some odd things, even though he had a great game, but 
The last like minute of regulation was not Julius Randle's finest hour. No, it was uh, not. And then the Bulls, it was so funny because the Bulls, the AJ Griffin play, the Bulls then have that same opportunity after the Randall air ball gives them the ball. And they have 0.7 seconds and they try to do a similar kind of like lob, lob screen, not the same exact play, but they try to get it to Patrick Williams on a lob. You can already argue whether there was a foul there. I was fine with no contact. They're both going for the ball. I'm not going to complain too much about that one. I know some people were whining. I think the broadcast. Really? Said, okay. Uh, I, the broadcast said no call. I was fine with no call. There was contact, but like on that kind of play, like I said, when both guys are going up to try to block it, it's going to happen. It was all right. And then obviously the Knicks just dominated the overtime. The Bulls just couldn't do anything. Uh, and they got that nice lucky roll on that Quentin Grimes three. He had some couple huge threes in that game last <laughs> night. Uh, we'll take, and we'll just, take the luck. Yeah. And then just that end with uh, just really just a pain in my heart watching Jalen Brunson absolutely cross over Alex Caruso. Some really this made some, for some really good images. I know Knicks fans really enjoying that, but as a Bulls fan, just uh, just pure pain seeing Caruso, who did a great job defensively last night because he was asked to switch on a Julius Randle over and over and over again. He held his ground a lot, uh, but then Brunson just giving him the business in front of his hometown fans in Chicago. The uh, I believe that's a Stevenson High School product. Uh, Jalen Brunson had a huge game coming off an injury himself, so like he was in a walking boot and he comes out and puts up what thirty points. So I, I had tough. people, I had people theorizing to me, like, is he going to be out a month? You know, like because it looked like I don't know if you saw the injury. It looked really bad in the moment. I did not and, see it. Yeah, well, it looked bad in the moment because the guy—I forget who it was that fell that fell on him, but like rolled over onto his ankle, and Brunson immediately called for the bench to to take him out of the game. Which, like, if you know anything about Jalen Brunson, and we already know a lot about him here, it's that's not something he does. So, you know, at, at the very least, I think most people were expecting him to miss this entire road trip. So both Bulls games, and then um, we play the Pacers over uh, during the weekend. But uh, yeah, for him to come out and do that was really cool. Um, and it's funny you mentioned uh, the Randall Caruso switches that were happening because Knicks fans have been yelling for ever since you guys got Caruso. Like, this is not a matchup advantage. Like, if Caruso gets switched on to you, like, what, what like that's that's a that's what the Bulls want, you know? And uh, I don't I, I don't think Randall had has gotten the memo quite, yet, but like, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe for next. So we'll see what happens on on Friday night when yeah. we, when we play you guys again. I, I just want to kind of start with a, a brief like kind of setting the stage. So uh, put like the two heartbreakers to the side as much as you can. Yeah. Like, what is the general vibe right now? You know, cause we hear a lot about how like, Oh, you know, the bulls are going to do this. The bulls are going to do that. You know, are they going to try to blow it up and like try to tank the season? Like where are the fans majority of the fans at right now? I mean, I would think, I think a lot of them based on like my, my mentions are leaning towards more of the blow up thing. And I think, Playing into that is just the whole Lonzo ball situation. We got another Lonzo update from Woj last night, and it was like, now there's no guarantee that he's coming back. There was always hope that maybe he would come back early 2023, maybe around the deadline, or the all-star break, obviously around there in February. But now just the reports that he's like still dealing with pain even after the second surgery. Again, always hope that if the Bulls could kind of just whatever, stay, hold the course, weather the storm here, that really tough schedule to start the year, and be maybe what around 500. And then Lonzo comes back and maybe you go on a push the sure. rest of the season and you get in the playoffs and especially with the East right now, just being like the top is really good. But then like, there's just a whole, and the Knicks have kind of come up with this winning streak now yeah. getting into that sixth spot. But like from basically five or six to down to whatever, 10 or 11, 12, like there's a lot of teams just kind of 
like whatever. And like, maybe the bulls could kind of rise up there, but like the inverse of last year with you yeah. guys, when you got, you started off, you're the best team in the East. Right. For exactly. Whatever it was, yeah. Whatever yeah. Hoping yeah. for the opposite. But now since that does not seem at this point, I'm just assuming Alonzo is not coming back this season. It's such a bummer because the bulls were really fun to watch with Alonzo. He makes them so much better. He's like the glue of the team with all he does on both ends. So now with that, and now with like Zach hasn't been as good this year. He's coming off his surgery. Vooch is in the last year of his deal. DeMar has still been good, but he's obviously still getting older. He's got one year after this. So it's like, where is this team going? Especially if Delonzo's not coming back. So a lot of people I think are, would be okay with them blowing it up. We have seen those rumors. Like a lot of teams are watching Chicago. Are they, are they going to like, are they like the Lakers? Are they going to try like, the Knicks, they go after like, perhaps. yeah, yeah. Or the Knicks. I think I saw Levine was like linked to the Knicks at some well, point. Let's, like, let's talk and, about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, Cause well, so first of all, just, I, I like to make sure everybody's on in on the same uh, on the same page. So your guys pick is obviously owed to Orlando from the Vooch deal this year. It's top four protected. So yeah. as has been said by other people, you guys could lose every game for the rest of the year. And it's still right. only a 50, 50 chance. Yeah. You get to keep the pick. I, man, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're, that's why, what are you? I personally say? am still like holding off because I just, I just don't like tanking in general. I'm kind of just like, and the and it's, it does not help that the bulls were really bad for whatever. After trading Jimmy, they were awful. They were going nowhere. It was just a lot of bad basketball to watch. So then to like, whatever, they were fun for the first three quarters of last season. I think that they're, they have something there with Lonzo there, but with Lonzo out, that does kind of throw it off. So it's just like, I'm like, and this year they're not like they're 11 and 16. The record is not good, but like, but the net so rating, you are you guys like 16th in that rating because they're three and 11 in clutch games. Again, these last two games, two more clutch losses, just so many clutch losses. Again, the inverse of last season when DeMar was saving their yep. saving their ass every other game with and they were great in the clutch this year. It's been the exact opposite. And now that's why you're 11 and 16. So like with this hard schedule with no lines, so like I still like talking to myself like, oh, the Bulls aren't that bad. Like. And they're playing some of these toss-up games where they should win, but now, of course, they've lost the last two against the Knicks and the Hawks, and they got the Knicks again. And all they, they play like Miami and Minnesota coming up. They play the Hawks again. It's like they need to start winning some of these close games against some of these other similar tiered teams. So, like, I keep waiting for that to happen for them to kind of get back into the mix and being like, I because I just don't. I really don't want to blow it up. I'm not there yet. Like if they kind of bomb the rest of this month, then you get to a point where it's like, I mean, you've got to do something. I mean, I want them to do something, but like in terms of like really blowing it up, like trade tomorrow and Vooch trade Zach, yeah. something like that, like getting that drastic. I am, I am not there. Like I said, I think a lot of fans are just because it's like, where is this going? But like, again, after watching so much bad ball for after trading Jimmy, and then they finally have a good season. And now to just kind of back away from that already after a year, Again, the Lonzo thing makes this so much more unique because him just like being a total wild card. And he, I mean, when is this guy going to play ever again? That makes you definitely maybe go lean towards more of the blow it up camp. I'm not there yet. So we will Listen, see. Man, yeah. Ten, ten, what is it? We're recording this on Thursday night. So one, two, three, four. Uh, let's say 12, 11 and a half days ago. We, the next guy lambasted in the second half by the Dallas Mavericks at home in one of the more embarrassing performances that I've seen in my lifetime <laughs> as a Knicks fan, which has been playing something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. And like the tone, the tone after that game, I mean, there was a lot of fire tibs, obviously yeah. you, you, you've, you know about that. Yeah, um, I do. There was, there was a lot of that, but there was also like, 
this has been a flawed plan from the beginning. It was ridiculous that when Leon Rose didn't take over, you know, they, there wasn't more of an attempt to tank initially. There's still time to tank now. Like, you know, this and the other thing. Now it's again, whatever. It's 11 or 12 days later. And it's like, all right, here we go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Giddy up. So like, yeah. I think I'd be with you. You know, I feel like and the, the, dra- are- the draft pick thing, as you mentioned, I didn't even mention that the draft pick being top four protected. So you have what? Even if and like, there's all these like, other teams that are. That's the thing is, it's yeah. like, you, like if you re, like you try, let's say you traded all three tomorrow, yeah. Vooch, you know, uh, Levine and Demar, like you're, you're probably getting in the running for the for the top four, but like you're still probably going to have like a, a you know thirty. Still a coin flip. I mean, yeah. at best, like you're getting. I think it's, I, I'd have to look at the numbers again, but it's basically like fifty-two to forty-eight, I think. So it's like, and, and we uh, haven't seen these tankers really tankity tank their way, yeah. you know, to the top yet. And I think that's coming. You know, look, you'll you probably get the Blazers pick this year, which would be, I, you know, what, who knows where that's going to be. Might yeah, be mid probably, first. Yeah. So mid first, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, play out the season, see what happens. Um, and, or at least play it out to the trade deadline, which is yeah. what I want to let's, let's transition to that. So you mentioned the Levine thing. I don't even want to call it a rumor. Yeah. I don't even remember where it was. I just remember it was, well, it was it. on the pregame show where okay. he's like, you know, might the, you know, the Knicks missed on Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. You know, they, they, they might be watching the bull situation and Levine who's not available right now, but like, it was just such an out of the blue thing. Um, It doesn't seem like the thing that this front office would do, but that's neither here nor there where, where you're concerned. I'm just curious. You've watched Zach Levine now for, was it five years? It, yep. They traded, they got him for Jimmy in 2017. There you so go. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> like, where are you? Because he, this guy has was for a period of like two or three years, one of the most efficient, high volume, high degree of difficulty, which is the thing I think uh, like people don't realize like the shots that he was taking and making when he, like you, I don't need to tell you. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Was he a top 15 offensive player in basketball? Was that too, maybe even a little higher? Like he was right there. But yet all of these questions, I feel like kind of lingered about like, well, is he a winning player and the defense and the decision making? And now there's the the knee thing. Yeah. Where are you at on, on Zach Levine as a player, as an asset? Just like talk to me about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was all for them maxing him out. Uh, I think people will probably dis- there are people that disagree for sure. It's just like, again, all everything you just said, basically with some of his flaws and stuff. But I mean. When you have a player like that like, and where they were at, I, I mean, I think you just keep him. You, you max him, and then you tr- if you ha- if you want to trade him, you trade him. Figure it out later. Yeah. Right, yeah, you figure it out later. Obviously, the knee thing can throw a wrench into it. I, I mean, I, I don't have his knee, his knee exams and like what it looks like. The Bulls know what that knee looks like. It has not started well this season for him. The numbers are down uh, across, basically across the board, especially the efficiency stuff. You mentioned that efficiency. Yeah. Like, the last like two seasons, he has been – uh, I mean, top five, top 10, like in terms of like high volume, high efficiency player in terms yeah. of like usage around 30 true shooting in the low sixties. I mean, there's just not many guys that can do that. No. Uh, this year it has not been nearly as good. Uh, and you have to imagine it's some of it's coming off this surgery. So then the question is just like, is this who he is now? He's had a couple knee surgeries or is it just like he actually does need some time. He's shown a little, he had like a 40 point game against the Kings the yeah. other day. Saw that. He's shown a little more like his rim finishing was really bad to start the year. It has come back up. It's gotten a little better. Three point shooting hasn't been there. It was not there last night. 
And it, also the clutch play, which he had, he had a bad travel, I think, last night in the clutch. I think he had yeah. one or two baskets, but he that had was a like, couple misses. That, he is, that was a big moment, that travel. Yeah. Because it it felt like you guys were scoring every time down the floor. Yeah. In the, and then he got that. And I was like, okay, it was we breathed for a second. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, the clutch thing has been really bad for him this season. One of the reasons why the Bulls have been so bad in the clutch. Damar has come down a little bit. Zach has been terrible. His numbers, I know I tweeted this, like... Yeah, last night he's shooting, I think, like 20 some percent overall in the clutch on oh, a wow. decent volume, two of 17 from three. Uh, and the decision making he is the decision making has been a problem for him since basically the beginning. Um, and it still has not gotten that much better. Having DeMar there helps because he can just control so much with the way he gets to his spots. Zach playing off him can be fine. But when you put the ball in Zach's hand in clutch time, you get stuff like that travel yesterday. And sometimes it just does not go well. The shots aren't great. Just making poor plays and bad turnovers. So it's like, I just don't know if he's ever going to get that much better there. So obviously then you're just like, like, you have the questions like, is this guy, can you really build long-term around this guy? Like, is he, can he be your number one guy? I mean, is he realistically like the number one on a title team? Probably not. Absolutely not. But like, still, he's a really good player. If he can get back to where he was before as a 25 to 20, what 25 ish point per game score on like a 60% true shooting. Uh, and with his flaws, that's still a really good number two or number three option. Just that so far right now, it just hasn't been good. And the cl- and the crunch time stuff has been absolutely brutal. So it's like, so <laughs> they got I, him for five years now. They got him a well, full blown max deal. Uh, it's, not like they, it's not like they're rushing to any trades here. Like he's probably that's why I don't, I don't think he's getting traded this year. I'd be shocked if they traded him in the first year of a five year max. If anything, they look to move Vooch in that expiring or maybe Demar. Uh, they don't have to rush into a Zach trade. That's why, like when I saw like like when Bill Simmons brought up like Zach for Obi Toppin and a protected pick, I'm like, what are you like? What? Like that's just ridiculous. Like I'd rather just keep him. Like that's that's just not getting any value for the guy who just gave 215 million dollars or whatever. So like stuff like that is absolutely not. Uh, but it is a question with him just because he has not been as good. Uh, you just have to hope that he gets back to where he was before, or at least close to it after this knee surgery. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like the only way, if you're the Bulls, that you would really consider a trade this season is if, as you were alluding to, there's something in those meds that is it's just not, not yeah. good. Or know? if like, or if some team actually does come and like throw you a huge, like whatever, yeah. three or four firsts, like the, like a Donovan Mitchell trade offer, then, then maybe you think about it. But like, again, like Obi Toppin and one first round pick. Yeah. That's, like I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm thinking back to like, and this isn't, this is not apples to apples, but like the Blake Griffin trade to Detroit, where that was the first year of the max extension. And he got traded for Tobias Harris, who, very good player, a little bit yeah. different skill set. You could argue that, like in some ways, it fit. It was like a more a more uh, malleable skill set than Blake Griffin in terms of just fitting yeah. into like different teams. And then it was a a, a pick that ended up being um, whatever. It was a Miles Bridges pick, so it was like tenth or eleventh. I forget, um, or twelfth, something like that. But it was like you know, was that a great trade package? Like, no, it was pretty clear that like, okay, they signed that deal and they were pivoting to go in this yeah. direction where they wanted yeah. cap space and and the whole thing. So, yeah, like, I don't know, like, the crazy thing is, like, after the report came out, like, I, I, for different reasons, I'm like, I don't think the Knicks should be in the Zach Levine market right now um, for where they are. And I'm like, because, like, what would it take? It would take more than I'd want to pay, I think. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, this is a situation where I think, like, yeah, the Bulls, I would want a ton with where he's at and what he's showing right now. I just don't know if teams would be willing to give up that ton that would need for them for them to move off of him. It just doesn't seem like there'd be a match right now. I feel like no. basically anywhere, unless someone was like really desperate. I don't do know not who think that would the be Knicks, though. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Knicks would be desperate. I mean, Dallas uh, with them kind of meandering around, maybe that's the like, other team, but yeah. like, okay, so they could start to, they could trade some firsts now that the, their pick obligation with the Knicks is going to be finally over but like Dallas, the Knicks, like, I don't, I just don't know who the team is. That's given up the real, the real stuff. So I, I agree with you. I mean, the we Lakers should, were mentioned about like for, at Jake Fisher, like, oh, like he'd be a dreamy option if the, for those two firsts. But even then, like I'd the, those Lakers picks, <laughs> Steph Nome, one of my guys, one of my Bulls guys who writes for Sporting News, wrote a whole thing today about the Lakers first that are like, even with like when we talk about like DeMar and Vooch, like they're 27 and 2029. 20, like it's so long way. I just like can't get excited about like if they traded those picks for like trading, traded these guys for whatever first round picks five and seven years away. Like I just can't, they, maybe they do have some good value, but like, I feel like they're almost, they are almost like overvalued at this point. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like I said, I, I, I am trying to hold off. I'm just like the whole, just blow it up thing. Because I just like, because you just never know where it can go again. Just like, it comes like you just never know what could go with, with the picks, with the, whatever the odds that they have right now. What and what they would be getting back. 
I think I would need a lot to to do it. And I just don't know if teams are willing to give up with to do it. But then it's like, where are they going if they stick with this? Like, if anything, like I think the Vooch, Vooch I think you got to try to get something for him. Like if, if you're going to do anything, you, you could keep Zach, keep Demar. Vooch isn't expiring. If they're still not going anywhere, I think you have to trade him. You got to get something. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't think his value is high at all. Like, I don't know what you're getting, but you at least got to get something for him. Like he, if like, I, I don't think you could resign him. If the things keep going poorly, you got to shake something up for sure. Yeah. So you gotta get it, something for him. If things are still going at the deadline for, for him. I want to, I want to talk about Vooch before I get you out of here, but just real quick on that the pick situation with like trading for the Lakers picks. And this, I feel like goes back to your protected pick situation with this pick out saying to Orlando, it'd be different if it was like a hardened situation with the Nets trade from a couple of years ago, where it's like, you weren't just getting those like future Nets picks. You were also improving your own pick, which there was no, there was no question about whether the Rockets yeah. were going to end up with that. They, they had their pick and they knew if they tanked, they would get a good selection. And they did. Um, with you guys, it's a little bit different. You're just doing it for the Lakers picks, and maybe you end up with your own. You're right. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking spot. about. Yeah, I was thinking about Vooch before we came on, and I'm like, I was watching him last night. I mean, the guy's a load. He had a nice game last night. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, he, uh, Mitchell Robinson, I thought was doing everything he could, and like he he on the most pivotal defensive yes. possession, I would argue yeah. the game swatted him. <laughs> he got him, yeah. but a bunch of other times, Vooch Vooch had his number. Yeah. And at the same time, he's a guy you have to play at center and doesn't protect the rim. And the three point shot, you know, it feels like it's okay. It's, yeah, but it's yeah. like it's it, it's not the three point shot. I feel like maybe that we we perceived it to be, you know, a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, let's, you know, he's going to be a free agent this summer. Like, who's like, what team is signing him to start for them? Like, I and I. I don't know if that's too harsh, but I feel like, especially like you're the bulls. Okay, great. You have these two guys in the backcourt. If you want to go forward with them, like wouldn't this team make so much sense, more sense with a more of a defensive minded center in the middle. But then again, I, I don't, I don't know how much does that disrupt your offense? Like I, I it's a tough I spot mean, to be. Their, their offense is like, is around like 20th. Their offense is a problem. <laughs> so like it's yeah. the, the defense is what's been t- their top 10 in defense this season. Their offense stinks. Their offense in the clutch stinks. So like, it's, it's so weird that they have this team built with three, whatever, like their three stars are like offense guys, but their offense stinks. It's, it's <laughs> just such a weird thing. It's, it's a weird mix. Again, the Lonzo thing factors, hugely into this because he's so important with the shooting. They have no three point shooting. That's obviously a huge factor there. Bottom in the league in attempts. They're like, okay. And in, in terms of like percentage wise, but that's been a problem. And like Vooch, yeah. Like when the bulls traded for Vooch, and I think at this point, everyone is just like that trade was a mistake. What they gave up for him, just probably like the wrong guy to cash in on what they had at that time. The bull, they were just desperate with Zach's pre-agency coming up. They had been going nowhere. New front office comes in trying to make a splash Two to the two first round picks and Wendell Carter is now a good put is pretty good player. I mean, you can argue Booch is probably like a little better, but Wendell's not far behind. And then you're also out the two picks. They also traded out of Porter Jr. as part of that and got back a bad contract and all for Grimino. So looking back at it, like a lot of people in hindsight said in high in high or a lot of people at the time said it was too much to give up. But like 
you at least can applaud them for being aggressive because they were going nowhere. It's like, all right, they're going to try this here. They tried a thing. They tried, they tried a thing. They'd been going bad. But like now in hindsight, especially it's like they gave up way too much. Like Orlando, they got Wendell, they got Franz Wagner out of it. Uh, and now they're going to get another, or they're probably going to get another nice pick here in 2023. So like that looks bad. But when they did trade for Vooch, I mean, he was averaging like 25 and 12 and shooting 40% from three point range. Uh, the season they traded for him three point percentage has come tumbling down. It's been a little better this year than it was was last year but like i think that was a lot of the appeal there it was like oh he's turned himself into like a sh- guy who can play inside and out he's a good passer like he's still a really yeah. skilled player but it's just like with the mix on this team and with him being over 30 and there are too many games where he still just kind of gets it just does not do enough um and you talk about like would it be better with a different type of center there like we've been talking about this going back to last year like on cash considerations and just bulls fans in general like should they have gone for like miles turner who's been on the trade block forever miles turner's having a great season uh he's and he's shooting great from three and he's one of the best rim protectors in the league like would that have been a better mix uh i don't know but again like the bulls it's the bulls offense the bulls just needed a bit more shooting on their team they just don't have enough and then with zach being hurt and like lonzo being gone it's just like a whole just like mess of factors here that i could rant about forever but in, ter- in terms of coming back bringing it back to vooch at this point like the way with the way things are going i don't think you could ex- whatever sign him to a new deal and like in, in terms of his market like i mean i could see him being like a two or three year contract at like 15 million a year, 20 million. Like, is anyone giving him like a 360? I was going to say, uh, like, like I, I, again, this may, this probably will some come back to bite me in the ass, but like, is he like a mid-level guy at this point? Like if you're again, you his number, like his production is still good. Like he's averaging like 16 and like 12 and like three or four assists. Like still skilled, like with his passing. So like, I would say a little more than mid-level at least, but like, Maybe, maybe yeah. a short-term deal, like may, like I said, fifteen, like a t- maybe like two thirty or two for thirty, right? Something like, something that, yeah. like that. I think yeah. I could see that, but I can't. I'd be shocked if he got a long-term contract at this point. Like I said, unless someone's really desperate, but I don't know. And at this point, like with the way things are going, it should not be the Bulls. I know there were rumors before the year that all oh, maybe they're having contract extension talks. Jake Fisher said in his most recent report that was there was ne- really never anything there. There's like nothing going on so, right now. But then the bull, they, there's nothing going on. But then the Bulls still like think they can make the playoffs when healthy, but they're not going to be healthy because Lonzo's not there. So it's like, <laughs> I remember. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I remember at some point over the last year, um, at least once, M- Mitchell Robinson's name came up in connection yep. with. I think it was a, a New York beat report. I apologize, I forget which one it was, but said like you know the Bulls were maybe interested there. So I don't know. Maybe they're thinking about more of a defensive minded guy. Um, yep. Last one, and then I'm going to get you out of here. Yep. Um, Patrick Williams was the fourth pick in the draft now two and a half years ago. Speaking of Mitchell Robinson, uh, unfortunate that he missed most of the last season <laughs> yeah. um, because of that. I don't, I don't think it was any like. No, not malicious. Just, yeah, no, it was just bad yeah. luck. Um, and now he's back. And like, I remember that was like the first draft I or, or the, where I was really like for this podcast, like really, really going, trying to go in depth and like. I interviewed one of his college coaches for the, for the show um, and like could not have been higher on Patrick Williams. Is there still like that upside expectation of before, like he was drafted or is it just kind of like, you know, now it's more tempered at this point. So funny is literally right before I was coming on this podcast, me and cigar bulls peeps in our DM group that we had, have, we're just like talking back and forth about Patrick Williams and ton because I mean, it's just like a big, kind of hinge point on this roster, but it's like, if the bulls do have any upside, it's like, well, they need Patrick Williams to like take like a big leap. 
he has not taken a big leap. I don't think that's all on him. Some of it's just the roster and uh, just doesn't get enough touches. And, and, and we kind of saw it last night. He had like a really nice first half. He had nine points. His three yeah. point shooting has gotten better. I mean, defensively, I thought he played a pretty great game uh, doing the switching him and Caruso doing the switches with Randall forcing some tough shots and stuff like that. And like, overall he's gotten better. He's absolutely gotten better since whatever the first couple of years in the league. And obviously didn't play much last year. He's gotten better, but there's just still a lot of questions about just how good he can be offensively. I think defensively, He's showing that he can be like a really solid player. I think he'll have a nice long career. Oh, yeah. But like in terms of like fourth pick, like will he live up to that? Just the like it's hard to say on this team right now, but even then, like he still passes up too many shots. And I was tweeting about this last night. And you look at some of the stats, like the splits, he start he, he tends to start games off really well and then just disappears in the second half. Some of that again is like DeMar just taking over and doing his thing. But like he passed up a couple open three pointers last night in the second half. It's like Pat, you got to take more. He's shooting like 43, 44% from three, but he's only taking three attempts per game. On this team, he should be taking five or six because the Bulls need to up their volume. He just needs to be less hesitant, especially in second halves. Uh they it would be nice to see him get the ball more in his hands, but like again, tough when you have these other guys there that need the ball. So like I, I I've been skeptical of him for a while in terms of like star potential. Do I think yeah. like he's going to be like a long-term like player in the NBA? Absolutely. I think defensively, I think he's showing what he can do. He's making, he can make threes at a pretty high rate. He has shown some other juice in terms of like, Oh, he's got like a nice little mid range shot. He has had a couple, had a couple nice moments earlier this year against Jason Tatum. He took him off the dribble, hit some clutch jumpers. Just, we just haven't seen that enough. Yeah. Flashes. The flashes are very tantalizing. It's just a matter of consistently doing it and putting it all together. It's, it's just, it's a tough situation because again, this is, they took him fourth that year before they had kind of started this whole win now thing. But I, but then they do that raw prospect. He's the second youngest player in that draft, but he then they just 21. Yeah. Right. They, f- then they flip to the win now mode, basically the year after or whatever that season, they traded for Vooch. They flip to the win now mode. They keep him around trying to develop him into this, whatever next star player, which is just tough threading that needle of we're seeing the warriors having that issue right now as well. Yep. Threading that needle of trying to win as much as you can while developing a really young raw player. It can really tough. I think, I feel like it, they probably should have cashed him. Like they were the Jeremy Grant rumors last year. Yep. And Jeremy yep. Grant's been great for Portland this season. Like, Oh, he might be, if they were trying, yeah. if they were trying to win, like you can argue, they should have cashed him in for a win now player. Uh, but, and now, so now it's like, I, I don't want to give up on him. A lot of people are like, well, look at Larry Markin and Mark Larry Markin leaves. Now he's got like a team after kind of block after a few more years of development, he's got a team where they're running stuff for him. And now Lowry Markin's like a borderline also. Like, I feel like people are worried that will happen with Patrick Williams. Uh, I I don't know if he has that kind of scoring juice in him as like a big time consistent score, but I didn't think Lowry Markin really had it in him either, even though he showed more as a bowler. I was going to say his first year, he averaged like 17 or 18 one season. So he showed a little bit more and Pat has not shown that he's again, like a nine or 10 point per game consistently these first three years. So like, I don't want to give up on Patrick Williams. I'm skeptical of him being like a, whatever, a star player. Uh, but I think he could be pretty good. It's just like with the bulls where they're at, they like need him to be much better in terms of like upside on this roster. It's just, I don't know if it's going to happen soon. It's been a slow development process. So it's like, it's just, it's a really tough situation. Like I said, I mean, it's a big, just a talking point with, with bulls fans and it's where they like, do they try to cat? Like, do they try to, 
like, do they try to go even more all in? It doesn't seem like they do because I think this front office really values Pat since he was their first like high pick. It seems okay. like they're just really high value because, and, and I just don't know if they will actually trade him unless it was for like a legit star. So maybe they would at some point if they do look to blow it up, they try to build a team around like with him and some of the other younger guys. I don't know, but he said, I don't want to, I don't want to be like calling like a bust or anything. Like he's still a, I think he's kind of developing no, into like a nice, a nice young player. Year. Yeah. He's still 21. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he keeps getting better. I just need to, I would love to see more consistent effort because again, he only had two rebounds last night. Bulls got smoked. The Knicks smoked the Bulls on the glass. That's been an issue. Just And just the general, it's like too many times he still just doesn't do enough. Not always on him, but he's got to just, he's got to just have that energy and consistent effort way more and just looking to do more stuff himself. Well, um, I said it on our playback last night. I think the Bulls are, for me personally, the most fascinating situation in the NBA just because of everything you've been talking about, the different directions that they could go, the pivot points they have. If they did decide to go in one direction or another, there's interesting names on both ends of the spectrum between the veterans, between, again, the younger guys. We didn't even talk about um, Ao, who I guess might be back on Friday. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's um, still probably up in the air since he didn't yeah, play last night. Um, he's really good. Kobe White making making a, making an appearance, you know. So, he played so, well yesterday. Yeah. He's, been, thought, he's I mean, Kobe's kind of whatever at this point. Like, I thought he was going to be traded. 40% from the season, field but, is, is yeah. not ideal. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's it bears watching. Um, Like I said, I, I don't expect to win two in a row in Chicago, but you never know. Um, I appreciate you coming on and yeah. giving us some insight into uh, the team that we're playing this week. Before I let you go, just let the folks at home uh, know where they could find you and your stuff. Absolutely. You can follow me at Bulls underscore J. Uh, I'm uh, at Clutch Points and then Cash Considerations, Asia Bulls podcast, part of the great Blue Wire Network. And uh, that's it. Thank you for having me so much. Always good talking. Of course. I w- again, I would say I wish you better luck and circumstances the next time we talk, but I, I, I don't like to lie to my guests, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, I wish you less stress. How about yeah. that? That's, if, that's the, if the Bulls do lose again tomorrow night, uh, I will start. I will probably start teetering on the edge of blow it up because like two home losses to the Knicks would will have. Even though the Knicks have been better lately, still so I'll be like, man, eleven and seventeen, two home losses to the Knicks. I might start put. I might get my hand closed <laughs> in that panic button. Keep, start checking Tagathon. Uh, all right, Jason, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.